0: You're listening to The Boundless Authenticity Podcast, where we discuss everything related to the evolution of human consciousness.
1: At the very least, people need to understand that the United States builds bunkers, which are basically cities underground, every three months. Basically, when you dream, you tap into your subconscious. It is your nocturnal intuition, your creativity, and imagination unchanged. From conscious reason, ego, and logic. They're biologically alive, but they have no soul. They have AI consciousness. They can all be conscious of the brain and together the brain. We live in a multidimensional reality,
0: whether it kind comes... Of- Esoteric information in the spiritual realms or the UFO people experiencers or mainstream through quantum physics and through mainstream science now realizing that parallel
1: dimensions probably exist. We're all spiritual beings. We're all having these human experiences. We've heard that phrase over and over and over. But what does that really mean? You know, all of the questions of life do we have these answers inside of our soul? We're ultimately studying the nature of what it is to be human, good and evil, our psychology, how we think and our health. That's why I love Bruce Lee's great quote. All knowledge is ultimately self-knowledge. The Boundless Authenticity Podcast.
0: On this episode, I speak with Etienne de la Buiti Squared, who is the author of Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, which makes the case that government has been a scam of intergenerational organized crime to rob and control populations. Mr. Bwiti Squared is the founder of a startup public policy organization, the Art of Liberty Foundation, that is developing voluntary and free market solutions to social issues while exposing the illegitimacy and criminality of government and the hidden curriculum of organized crime's mandatory government schools, scouting programs, and police and military training. The pseudo-religion of statism, obedience, frailty, order following, and tax slavery. You can find his work on artofliberty.substack.com, artofliberty.org, and government-scam.com. So, Etienne, how's it going? Uh, Fantastic. Good to be with
1: you and your audience today.
0: Awesome. It's great to introduce you to my audience. Uh, They already know the tricks that I get up to. So I'm sure they're going to love what you have to say. So tell everybody uh, who you are, what you do.
1: Well, my uh, nom de guerre or nom de plume, pin name or war name is Etienne de la Buisi squared. And I'm a voluntarist author exposing uh, government has been the biggest scam in all of history. Uh, the idea that government can be legitimate, or desirable or necessary is essentially been indoctrinated into populations through mandatory government school, and then the uh, the subtitle of my book, "Government: The Biggest Scam in History," exposed is how intergenerational organized crime runs the government, the media, and academia, and that's really kind of one of the secrets that I break down that it's government and the media and academia working together. And so the, the government school teaches you that government is legitimate, desirable, and necessary. And then the media has been monopolized into a very small, on the old media side, you know, about six companies running hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give everybody the illusion there's all these different information sources in society. And on the new media side, there's about three to four dozen kind of internet companies, Google, Yahoo, Facebook. Twitter, Wikipedia, Snopes, Reddit, Meetup, SCUS, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and others that are controlling the information society gets algorithmically on what I like to call the DARPA internet because it's a military network that they let us onto so that they could control the information we receive to be able to program human beings like a computer, garbage in, garbage out. And so uh, my book has been uh, the best selling book at over a dozen plus Liberty events and has really taken off in the kind of the past year or so. Uh, copies to 20 different uh, countries. We just released the fifth edition and uh, my goal is to be the guy that exposes the scam of government by making it uh, you know uh, easy to understand in this kind of easy to read really entertaining uh, picture book full of memes and media ownership charts and visualizations that like once somebody picks it up they're like hooked they're like wow like you know, Uh, and so that's a little bit about what I do.
0: Fantastic. I got to get myself a a digital copy of the fifth edition, because if I tried to order a physical copy, it would never make it to my house here. (laughs) I live in a silent dictatorship. So, um, what I wanted to say is that I got into your work just a little while ago, honestly, I think I heard you on, it was germ warfare or something like that. For some reason yeah I, it's I funny,
1: I was just thinking about germ warfare because he's in South Africa, and I sent him a copy and it disappeared along the way, even though it had a tracking number yeah and so exactly. uh, a lot of my 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 work is being censored by post offices and and that was that was that's funny. I was just thinking about him when you said it wouldn't make it to you either <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, and I don't even consume content, but um for some reason, I've been thinking to myself. There's got to be somebody out there that understands all this stuff in a real succinct way that can kind of explain it. Because when I talk, people just, they cover their ears. They're like, ah, no, I don't want to hear it. Uh Uh-uh, no, not the TV. No, you can't take my TV from me. And that's how it is. And I've been shadow banned for like six years. Like no matter what I do with my business, um, Instagram and Facebook, they all censor me, shut me off. Mm -hmm. so the only thing they haven't been able to shut off is the podcast so far. <laughs> so um here I am again. I've been a thorn in the asshole of the man for a long, long time, and I don't intend to stop. But I know that the way that you're breaking things down is so in-depth that nobody can really deny it because like you you bring the receipts, you know? Yeah. So um first of all, of all explain a little bit about voluntarism
1: so because government has been the biggest scam in history uh you know it's 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 they've gotten the population to accept having a ruling class that has uh rights that you don't have Uh, which is impossible because you cannot delegate a right that you don't have to a representative or to a government to do something that you don't have the right to do yourself. You can't be bound by a social contract that you never signed. And if my girlfriend and myself can't vote that you give us all your money because there's two of us and one of you, then it doesn't matter if there's three of us or 10 of us or 500 million people uh, you know, no magical additional person makes something that is inherently illogical and immoral now moral and logical. So, government has been this biggest scam in history, and so people that understand that um, are called, to a degree, voluntarists, and a voluntarist is someone that believes uh, in the in the common sense idea that all relationships between people should be voluntary. So uh, no one gets the ability to use violence or extortion on anyone else. Nobody gets to use, uh, uh, um, nobody has rights that other people don't have. and, uh, And that prohibits there being a government because government are people that claim that they have rights that you don't have, that they have an exemption from morality, that they get to use extortion and theft, that they call taxation and all these different things. And so the people that oppose it are called voluntarists. And there's a kind of an idea in voluntarism or an understanding, I should say, uh, that the world is a self-organizing system. It produces spontaneous order and that everything that the government does that is non-redistributary. So you can't rob Peter to pay Paul, but the majority of what government does is really provide services. It delivers the mail, it builds the roads, it does air traffic control, it runs the worst passenger train service in the world here in the United States. It does all of these different things that would be done better, faster, cheaper, and better by the free market, by mutual aid societies, by nonprofits, by co-ops, by uh, real genuine charities. And because you're spending your own money with the charity or you're spending your own money with the service provider, you're going to get a better outcome than you would with an inefficient criminal middleman in Washington, D.C. And so, uh, so the, because the world is this self-organizing system, the way that we should order society is just let society evolve naturally there'd still be police but you would pay for you know armed protective services that they call the police would be provided by ADT or West Tech or Garda or these companies that provide you know armed protective services today but they're not going to have rights that you don't have they're not going to show up on the scene because you called the, you know cuz somebody's like trespassing on your property and arrest your neighbor for having a poker game or for smoking a plant, or you know. So what it is is it's a it really is it's just an understanding that the world you know develops itself. You can never have a legitimate government, and if somebody has convinced you otherwise, they have tricked you into that idea. Um, and so uh, and so, voluntarists are people that are trying to expose the criminality and the illegitimacy of government, and then point people to the you know, the moral, logical, alternative, uh, voluntarism, the only ism that is fair for everyone. No one gets the ring of power because there's not a ring of power.
0: Love that. And it makes so much sense, except that the average person you try to explain that, they kind of, their eyes roll back in their heads. And you're like, what? I don't understand. What are we going to do without big daddy government? So... You know, it's, it's not that hard to understand, really. You just take personal responsibility. Um, You know, there's, there's so many directions we could go in this because there's so many questions that I could ask to try to break this down. But tell us about some of the stuff in your book, like how they control perception.
1: Well, I mean, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit ago when you said that you've been taken off of Instagram and you've been taken off of, did, did you say YouTube as well?
0: They almost got me on YouTube. I'm still on there for now. <laughs> I've been taken off of Facebook, Instagram. Um, they basically tried to take down my business website, which is self-sabotage coaching. They tried to take that down three times last year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, that's because... Uh, GoDaddy is run by I think a subsection of Unilever. uni something it 's like the same u logo so mm. yeah, once I figured that so, out i mean I was that, like, okay. you're,
1: that's that's part of it is so par, so control perception is the most powerful weapon in the u s arsenal. It makes the hydrogen bomb look like a firecracker to a certain degree. Because if you can control the information that people uh, receive through a monopolization of the media, through algorithmic censorship on the internet, by deplatforming authentic voices, by de indexing authentic voices, by shadow banning authentic voices, uh, by, you know, in some cases murdering, you know, bribery, blackmail, buying them off, co opting them into, you know, controlled opposition. Uh, killing them outright, political assassination. Uh, you, know, you, you know, you can control the information people receive. Well, you know, the human beings are like computers, garbage in, garbage out. And so if they don't understand that this dynamic is going on in society, uh, then there are a lot of times they're just regurgitating whatever they hear on the television and, you know, the CIA was exposed in 1976 as having a program that is widely, uh, you know, referred to as Operation Mockingbird. Uh, it came out in something called the Church Committee hearings in the U.S. Senate, where the Senate held uh, hearings on the illegal activities of the Central Intelligence Agency with respect to the media. And it came out that the CIA had hundreds and hundreds of, of uh, reporters, editors, journalists, publishers on the payroll, and that they were playing the media like what has come to be known as uh, Weisner's Wurlitzer or the Mighty Wurlitzer within the agency. And it's the ability to control perception widely by getting all of these different media outlets to play the same tunes. So a Wurlitzer is an organ that has many, 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 many pipes. That can be played simultaneously, and so when the CIA plays their pipes, if you don't understand that that information is coming from people that don't have your best interest at heart, that are trying to trick you into a particular worldview, that are trying to trick you into supporting uh, government or a political party or a political candidate, uh, then you know you're not even in the game. You're not even on the playing field. You know, if you don't understand that that dynamic is going on in society, then you're just regurgitating other people's ideas that are essentially being planted in front of you, uh, you know, by this organized crime media system so they can tax farm you on the back end, so they have control over the creation of currency and credit in the United States, so they can hand out trillions of dollars and in uh, bailouts and subsidies and military contracts for weapon systems that we don't need for wars based on lies and manufactured intelligence, we're being robbed, and they're getting away with it because they're controlling every screen and deceiving almost every audience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with you there. I mean, I started off when we were not recording by saying... I don't trust anybody in the truth community, but I trust you. <laughs> and there's a big reason for that because I you just, you're saying the kind of stuff that they would never allow anybody else to say. There's a certain degree yeah. to which some people will go to, but they'll back off. And then there's others that kind of um, play a role where they're like, oh, I'm so controversial. I'm so banned everywhere. But then you see them do th- strange things like they get, uh, they have like a thousand followers on Instagram. And then in three weeks time, they're up to 23 K like that just doesn't Mm -hmm. happen. That's not only is that not how the, the algorithm works. um, If you had (laughs) followers elsewhere, like on a newsletter or something, you said, just follow me on Instagram. They would never allow an influx of that many to follow you all at once. And thirdly, you can't be telling that much truth on Instagram anymore. Like that's just not what platforms for it's for keeping you fat, sick, dumb and taking selfies of yourself and keep you locked into the new age cult and all the other weird stuff that's going on out there. So it's interesting when you see that because it makes you wonder what isn't hijacked and who can you really trust out there? And um, I don't want to call any names, but there's a lot of people out there that I think they're saying good stuff, but, they use a lot of the, uh, I don't know what they're thinking. They use a lot of the platforms and a lot of the opportunities like the, the anarchist movie or whatever, there's people in mm-hmm. there saying, you, you know who I'm talking about where they're just, you know, they're saying good stuff. They're talking about statism and things like that. And they're talking about anarchy and they're talking about how you shouldn't, um, well, not necessarily in the anarchist, but other people, other platforms. Yeah, I, I'll even say David Icke. I don't trust that guy. I've never trusted that guy. Like, why is he allowed to say certain
1: things and other people aren't, you know? Well, he's allowed to say certain things because it's aliens at the top. And so <laughs> there's certain voices that are out there that will take you 90 something percent of the way, and then they'll drop the turd into the punch bowl of it's aliens. Or it's, you know, it's, it's, um, what is Alex Jones used to say? It's a Nazi death cult, or it's, you know, like just ridiculous, ridiculous things. No, it's, it's intergenerational organized crime that that is using government to rob and control society. They're tax farming the population and they get away with it because they're controlling the information that people receive. And they have gatekeepers like Ike and Alex Jones and others that, we, that are known as controlled opposition, okay? The best way to control the opposition, as Vladimir Lenin said, is to lead it ourselves, and so they appear to be because people that are sick of being tax farmed and robbed and having their money stolen through inflation and having their money, you know, wasted on war on wars that we don't need to be fighting against enemies created by the intelligence agencies, so that the population can be tax farmed, you know, they're sick of it. So they're looking for authentic voices on the media, and so the pl- the, the platforms like Instagram and like Facebook. I've been kicked off of Facebook as well. I got kicked off in May of 2018 in kind of the beta test of kicking people off Facebook. It's kind of like one of my, you know, uh, like uh, little badges of honor as I was literally one of the first people kicked off of the Facebook platform is we're going to use our control of these media platforms to minimize or remove completely voices that we don't want people to hear at the same time that we're going to tweak the knobs and turn the dials and crank up the inauthentic uh, controlled opposition and media people that are going to keep you trapped in the left-right paradigm of rigged elections and vote harder and Democrat versus Republican and Republican versus Democrat. And, uh, and that really is the name of the game. You know, part of it is lying and propagandizing you outright, but a lot of it is just distraction. And so, you know, one of my running jokes is the revolution is not going to be recommended for you by Facebook. We're going to algorithmically figure out what kind of video content you like to consume, and we're going to just constantly give you that video content on the little right-hand side of the screen where you're going to click off and waste your time on stuff that doesn't really matter, isn't going to free you from the tax slavery of the organized crime system, And so that really is the name of the game. It's distraction, deception, being able to control every channel, being able to control the, you know, the quote unquote opposition movement on platforms like YouTube and others where they have 100% algorithmic control on the back end.
0: I agree with you. I mean, I've seen it. I'll tell you the first thing that got me kicked off years ago. This was around the time that Donald Trump started running for presidency and i said don't vote for donald trump he's gonna do all kinds of weird stuff like he's gonna round up all the immigrants and put them in fema camps what did he do (laughs) (laughs) he did exactly that just a few years later and um i said all kinds of controversial stuff about he's probably working for the cia and all it's just speculation and that got kicked off
1: if you're if you don't get to be president without being in on it and so the elections are fake the 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 democrats and the republicans are united 100 on everything that matters to the ruling structure and the organized crime system and they're divided on what i like to refer to as football issues that can be kicked back and forth gay marriage abortion things like that that they that the the ruling class doesn't really care about but they can get you know the two largest demographic the two largest demographics in the country are you know they are they've designed the republicans and the democrats the republicans to appeal to rural conservatives the democrats to appeal to urban liberals uh kind of like walmart is designed to appeal to uh, rural conservatives and Target is designed to appeal to rural liberals, and they're going to, you know, uh, uh, fight them against each other to try and uh, take over a system where it doesn't matter who you vote for; you're still going to be trapped because they're united on everything that's important. They're completely united on warfare. They're completely united on uh, on uh, money. Controlled by private banks and a private central bank that is losing money every year, they're completely united on confiscatory uh, taxation, estate taxes, st- like waging uh, economic warfare against the population by keeping them artificially poor. Uh, they're completely united on everything that ought to matter, but then they're going to, you know, again kick kick these you know football issues like gay marriage that inflame a certain. You know, percentage of the population to divide and conquer the people that get sucked into voting in the rigged elections. So Trump was in on it. 100% he was in on it. He went along with the COVID, he went along with the vaccines, he promoted the vaccines. Uh, uh, if you see them on the television, there is a reason that you see them there. Uh, if Trump was a, was on, an honest outsider he wasn't even a like they were propping him up as a as a uh, as a billionaire uh, to make him look like he had you know that he was an outsider but they had him by the cojones the entire time he was president because they could have pulled their loans they could have you know I mean they they bailed him out of bankruptcy a couple of different times he's been a frontman for this organized crime system he was a casino owner for Christ's sake my god (laughs) yeah that's so true I mean
0: they'll slap you for anything these days though um and nothing's safe like you were saying how once you see him on on the television then they're there for a reason the same is true for Instagram reels if you see somebody come up on Instagram reels and they've got like Mm a hundred thousand followers or something and you know they're telling you something about your health or what. You can be guaranteed that there's a reason why they're allowed to say that even if it's good information. The problem with people is that they'll go, "Oh, well, they have good information, so they let it slide." And it's like if you let one thing slide, then you're not exercising your discernment at all. Like anybody can lead you down the garden path. Whereas you have smaller people like me where I just kind of say, "No, don't, you know, don't support the government at all. Don't get involved in the left versus right. Just forget about the blue and the red." Stop shopping at Walmart. You know, do, do you know, take take your power back and support small business owners. And you know, the thing that got me banned last time was actually bananas. I was saying, hey, you know, you can tell if your bananas have been chemically ripened or not. <laughs> They're like, oh, you can't say that. <laughs> Flag him. So yeah, yeah so they don't they don't want you to know anything it's, they're all just trying to poison you and and uh um, so
1: you know it's funny so i uh I was at the conscious life Expo last weekend in l a it has it was an event that had ten thousand people at it and uh and i was uh my, where I was exhibiting was right outside one of the conference rooms and there was a woman there she was a social influencer or media influencer or whatever she had millions of followers on facebook and billions of views of her content and everything and so she was waiting to speak and so we were talking before she went in and i asked her i go do you, you know do you ever cover politics and she uh, you know in current events and she goes oh no no i don't cover politics and current events she's like that'll get you banned and that will get your your content demoted on the platform And it was really, really striking because just think how many people that are out there that know what's going on. Okay. Uh, but, uh, they're being promoted by the system because they're not talking about anything that matters. They're just wasting your time with things that aren't going to matter, aren't going to, you know, threaten the, you know, the, the ruling class, et cetera. That's The how the system works, they're getting people to self censor because the people know that they're going to be kicked off of the platforms, demonetized, de indexed, shadow banned for talking about, you know, how the slave system works. Uh, And so, so there's only, you know, luckily for us, there is still the self directed internet, there are other alternative platforms, people like yourself and other truth tellers. Are beginning to pop up by the thousands and tens of thousands. They can't stop the signal, you know, unless they turn off the internet completely. We ultimately win in the end, and this will be exposed. and And I think that a lot of these uh, controlled opposition, you know, mouthpieces are going to, you know, to you know, just the way, the same way that all the files came out in East Germany when the Berlin Wall fell and it came out. Everybody that was working for the Stasi. I think you're going to find out who was working for the organized crime government and, you know, distracting and deceiving their friends, their neighbors, their relatives, their, you know, uh, and others. And uh, And I think it's going to be amazing. I think we're going to win this thing in the end.
0: Well, that's a positive outlook on it. Cause right everywhere I see is chaos. <laughs> and I think it's probably going to be chaos for a while before, like you said, the hundreds of thousands of smaller voices really permeate and and take over you know but it's kind of like that's the wrong way of going about it anyways because i know you can say a lot on the anarchapolco event and similar events like that even to a certain extent the conscious life expo isn't going to provide that much of a a platform for so many people like yourself, like you're probably one out of a few that was talking about the biggest scam on earth, right? <laughs> and I That's know somebody else.
1: So cool. Anarchapolko was an anarchist honeypot. And a honeypot is designed to, so what they were trying to do and kind of what the CIA's playbook is that was exposed in a, in a book uh, called The Mighty Wurlitzer by uh, Hugh um, um, Wilford. Okay, uh, is they steer political movements, and so how do you steer political movements in the age of social media? They and, and understand why they want to steer anarchy and voluntarism, because those are the most powerful political movements in the world. Because voluntarism and peaceful anarchy are is the only ism that is fair for everyone. Nobody gets the ring of power. It's it. They both are exposing the illegitimacy and the criminality of government. You can never have a legitimate government, and so obviously those movements have to be steered and stalled and stopped and things like that. And so, uh, how, what did they do? They took a con artist, a scumbag by the name of Jeff Berwick, that had a modicum of charisma, and they gave him some media training and a media operation. He began a you know a, a, a podcast. They used Twitter and YouTube and everything to turn up the knobs on him, you know, allow it to be promoted, allow it to be shared. Only among scientifically, among libertarians and voluntaries, they don't want anybody that doesn't really know about what's going on to find out about him. That's one of the, the tricks of the algorithm is they'll keep you in a filter bubble of, you know, the people that already know stay in a filter bubble of that and you, they try and keep you know, keep the you know people within their own bubbles of what they're you know what they like and what they don't like, uh, but you know we're going to turn it up on uh you know on the on the social media platforms. They allowed him to you know st- they funded him to start what was the first major conference of peaceful of a narco capitalist, not the you know they not the the fake black block. We break windows at the G8 and the G20 and, and you know, at, at Starbucks to make anarchy look bad. Not that version, because people like the, the intelligentsia, they're not going to fall for that. They know what, what voluntarism and peaceful anarchy is. So they're not going to fall for Antifa and BS like that, you know. And so they're going to crowd gather this, this, uh, this group, and then they're going to use the conference to promote other controlled opposition voices at the same time they control the microphone to make sure that that others aren't kept on now i got to speak at a narcopulco in 2020 because i had the best-selling book at the conference for three years in a row two years at the time that they you know made me a speaker and so not everybody you know that works for narcopulco is in on it and so to make it look good with the people that are like hey man why isn't, you know, Etienne on the, you know, how come he doesn't get to speak? Man, his book's amazing. Like, they, you know, they had to, you know, they, they kind of had to give me a guest speaker spot. But, uh, but uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of people that didn't have the best-selling book never, ever get to see the microphone. Um, they were charging $10,000 a table to make sure you couldn't reach the audience. Uh, they were doing things like, you know, sp- like splitting different speakers' workshops uh, you know, opposed like at the same time, so that the speakers couldn't make any money and, and, and you know, have capital to, you know, be uh, effective. They put it in, in uh, Acapulco, which is the most dangerous city in the hemisphere, fear, fear, supposedly, to where some people would, wouldn't even go. And then when they could no longer steer the conference anymore, then they engineered a murder and threw the whole thing away. And because people like me were being effective, we're getting to the audience, we're having the best-selling book exposing what was really going on. Oh, my God, we can't steer this thing, you know, and it's going to like 2,000, 3,000 people. And so then they threw it away. Now there's a couple hundred people at an and pro- Anarcapulco, and only really because of the success of HBO's The Anarchist, which was shot at an Arcapulco and made everybody look bad. So they let a documentary team in that made everybody at the conference and the conference look bad by focusing on the drug dealing and the riffraff and the scumbags of the conference Instead of focusing on the economists and the cryptocurrency investors and the, and the intelligentsia that were there, we're going to have the entire HBO uh, series focused on riffraff and drug dealers. And by the way, uh, dr- the, a- the Anarchapulco uh, and Berwick were dealing drugs to the crowd, which is another CIA tactic to blunt political opposition movements that is detailed in the book uh, how uh, uh, drugs as weapons against us? Um, there's a documentary in a book called "Drugs as Weapons Against Us" that John Potash, yeah, John Potash, discussing how the CIA deals drugs into political movements to brain damage the people with LSD to to uh, to you know blunt political criticism uh, to make them ineffective, and that's exactly. Exactly what was going on in an And the cast of the documentary, The Anarchists, Were the Drug Dealers, and there's three supposedly dead drug dealers out of a you know small handful at, at an archipulco. So what are the odds of that? And uh, you know, again, that's just one of the ways that they control perception by controlling a lot of these quote-unquote freedom conferences. and Then, because they have the freedom conference, they're sucking the oxygen out of the room for the legitimate conferences that don't have the benefit of having the knobs turned up and twisted by YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everything like that to the contrary, if you wanted to start an opposing one, not only is your oxygen being sucked up by NarcoPolco or Freedom Fest or some of these other fake, uh, you know, liberty events, but your, uh, you know, you're going to be uh, shadow banned, you're going to be deplatformed, you're going to be demonetized, you're going to have your pay, your PayPal turned off, you're going to have, uh, you know, all these things against you, and that's that's again one of the ways that they they control the way that information flows through society by controlling conferences uh controlled opposition people it, they're really really good at it these are these are ancient techniques for robbing and controlling society and this is what it looks like in the modern age
0: yeah <laughs> yeah that whole uh, anarchopalgo thing is very shady indeed i know somebody else that's spoke there um twice before And um, he was telling me it's all these extremely rich entrepreneurs and stuff. It's like, basically what you said, it's the same thing. What he's telling me is that the average audience is is people who can afford that, but it's never going to be anybody that can really uh, reach that pay level. Because what was the original ticket price, like $700 or something like that? That's
1: still way too much. It was something like that. It was so. It was it was something like that. Now, now you want some of that? Like you want to have a high quality audience, but I think that what they were doing is they were again they wanted to keep it small and stall it. So they put it in a. They made the ticket price real high. They they put it in a in a city that people weren't willing to travel to. That was hard to get to. It's you know it's very hard to fly direct to Acapulco. Uh, you know, there's not that many, you know, places that you could fly direct to. The hotel rooms were expensive. Versus if you really, really wanted to have, you know, a conference where, where lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people could attend, you'd put it someplace like Orlando or Las Vegas that has cheap hotel hotel rooms and cheap hotel flights. Okay. And, you know, you could, you, you know, people could come and you'd keep the ticket, you know, you'd keep the ticket price low for the majority of people and you would have VIP experiences for the people that, you know, can afford it, which helps fund like a lot of these conferences and events. And we want VIPs and really, really important people, you know, to to attend. But like, if you really wanted to make, you know, voluntarism widespread, you wouldn't do it like they did it you would do it the exact opposite of the way they did it, which is another clue that what they were up to wasn't honest and, and, uh, you know, beneficial.
0: Yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, and you reminded me of an incident recently that happened in that whole, um, community with like berwick and stuff where somebody actually came out i think his name was chris sky or something like that so i don't follow any of these people but he actually outed them he said they were connected to the cia and stuff like that and of course you had um max egan was backing up berwick and they were all pissed off and saying how it's preposterous that they would have any connections to the cia or anything like that but you could tell like berwick was really nervous you know
1: uh, yeah, uh, because people are on to him, and it's not just me. And so it's funny, you know. It was kind of around 2018 that 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 I began to suspect that that it was a bait and switch and a controlled opposition, you know, uh, event. And people were, I, I can you know remember clearly. Oh, Howard, you're being paranoid. Sorry, Etienne, you're being paranoid. And my real name's Howard. And so like people would tell me, hey, you're being paranoid and everything. And then it was a couple of years later, some of those same people were like, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And now, you know, like, like among you know, my friends in the Liberty community, like especially after the anarchists came out, like almost everybody universally thinks that, it's a, that it was a scam. Uh, you know I mean not a, there's some people out there that are you know like i 'm not so sure whatever, but like among the intelligentsia that I know, almost everybody believes that 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 we got scammed, Berwick was in on it, and if you just take a look at the executive producers who were behind the h b o documentary anarchists, the anarchists they are known propagandists that have been uh, that that specialize in doing documentaries about events like one of them did a, did a and if you can believe this one of the executive producers of uh, of the anarchists did a documentary on a future coronavirus pandemic that came out in January of 2020 starring Bill Gates and vaccines like so, That's the level of predictive programming that the executive producers were in on. There was another executive producer that literally specialized in making documentaries where the CIA or the intelligence agencies were the number one suspects in historical events like uh, the Waco massacre, uh, the Oklahoma City bombing, 9-11, uh, things of that nature she was producing documentaries on the official story of all of these events where the intelligence agencies, JFK assassination, uh, and others where the intelligence agencies were the number one suspect, but she's producing documentaries towing the official line. And so when you take a look at the background of like who, is, who, is, you know, who is producing this, then you start figuring it out. HBO is owned by Time Warner Time Warner also o- owns CNN so CNN is fake government news HBO is fake government documentaries both of which are, are you know being used to control the information that society you know uh, receives so that they think that 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 Anarchy is about drug dealing and riffraff and scumbags and, and, and things of that nature. And so don't believe it. I've got an entire series breaking down the scam of archipulco, the scam of uh, the HBO's The Anarchists at artofliberty.substack.com. But I've got a multi-part investigation at artofliberty.substack.com that breaks down you know, how they uh, steer these political movements in the modern age.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you said so much that I want to comment on, but it's, it's, you know, what the else can I say? Like you just nailed it. And um, you know, I love the way that you have put all this stuff together. And one of the things that stands out with you is that there's integrity there. We are in a crisis of integrity on this planet in a big way. And it's kind of like when you were talking about the influencer that said, You can't talk about certain things because you'll get deplatformed. Well, that's not integrous. That is completely out of integrity right there. You either want to help people all the way or you don't. It's pretty cut and dry for me. I know a lot of people are worried about what's going to happen to them and all kinds of stuff like that. I'm like, well, man, they can't kill all of us. What are they going to do? Just mow down a whole bunch of people unexpectedly? Well, that's what the vaccine's for. So, you know... That'll, that alone, that word alone will probably get us deplatformed on YouTube. Just saying that. But, <laughs> anyways, I, I've i really been through it with this whole thing. I've had um, my computer's been, had files wiped from it. I've had mm. email addresses hacked. I've had all that crazy shit that you hear about on TV that people think is just like in, from a spy movie or whatever. And it, it hasn't phased me one bit because... Preserving my integrity is what's important to me.
1: I I agree completely. And you know, the the people like yourself that are that are that are staying true and aren't self-censoring, you know, you may get knocked down on the on certain platforms temporarily, but people are going to gravitate to the to the truth tellers. The people that are lying and deceiving are going to be exposed and the future is going to be magnificent and it's already kind of happening. It's just in slow motion. And so, uh, so, you know, get ready for a a very, very bright future.
0: Yeah. I mean, to reinforce that, uh, on your Substack, you have a couple of articles mentioning what's going on in New Hampshire. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so I'm a member of something called the Free State Project. And the Free State Project is uh, something that got started around 2002 when a, a political science student noticed the fact that, you know, there are a lot of voluntarists and there's a lot of peaceful anarchists and there's a lot of libertarians that don't trust Washington, D.C., but we're, all, we're scattered all over the place. If we were to get concentrated in one single state, Then we could have a outside. Then a small number of people could have an outsized, you know, uh, effect on the politics of that state. And so they began figuring out: well, if we were going to take over a state, well, what's the easiest state for us to take over? And so they actually really, you know, did some investigatory work to figure out, like, okay, well, there's this. There's about eight, eight, nine states that have a sub 1.5 million population. Okay, so out of those eight or nine states, which one is the easiest to take over? And they looked at you know percentage of uh, you know the population that worked for the government, and they looked at a, you know which states had a history of liberty and which states had a uh, you know propensity versus you know some states like Hawaii and Rhode Island had a pr- propensity towards centralized government, so they kicked the, them out, uh, and it came down to about seven states, and then it came down to about two states. And it came down to Wyoming and New Hampshire, and then New Hampshire won, the live free or die state. And so, uh, so they picked New Hampshire in 2003, and they said, hey, here's the deal. We figure uh, it's going to take about 20,000 people to take over the state of of New Hampshire, like dedicated activists, because a, a dedicated activist is worth about 10 you know people that are watching TV and don't really understand like what's going on in the world and you know you know I mean just it's just so so 20,000 people is is the number that they picked so they had an agreement that said hey you know if you sign uh you agree to move like once we hit 20,000 people you agree to move within 5 years and 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 uh, use you know Do everything in your power to bring forth a government that just that just is dedicated to protecting life, liberty, and property. Nothing else. And so, uh, a lot of people thought that was a good idea. And once they picked New Hampshire, people started moving there immediately, and they were called early movers. And so, uh, so the so uh, they reached twenty thousand in twenty sixteen, triggering the move. People had five years to move. And so, you know, by the time that they hit the twenty thousand, it had, you know, been over almost a, you know, decade and a half. And so, some people, you know, got divorced. Some people got married. Some people haven't made the move yet. Some people are uh, uh, are dead and passed away. But uh, but people have begun moving to New Hampshire uh, in force. And now there's over sixty two hundred. People that are signed up with the Free State Project in the in the state, there's actually probably many more because a lot of people don't notify the you know the office that they've made the move, and some people don't want to be on lists when the government is you know run by organized crime and targeting liberty individuals and liberty groups. So there's probably a lot more in the state than the 6,200 that are just in the in the in the in the uh, you know on the list, but. Uh, they're having an outsized impact in restoring liberty in New Hampshire, and so they've been able to roll back laws. They've been able to get uh, laws passed that are pro-liberty. There are dozens of pro-liberty organizations in the state that do everything from rate the 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 legislation and the bills that come to the you know that come up on is it pro-liberty or anti-liberty. They have a scorecard. Uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is the organization I'm I'm speaking of they have a scorecard where they rank all of the the uh the the individual legislators and they give them an A through F uh actually it's A through C T and a uh, C so so after F the lowest grade is CT constitutional threat and they rank the, the, you know, are you a threat to the Constitution or are you, uh, you, know, uh, you know, are you a are pro-freedom A? Uh, there's organizations that put um, pro-freedom books in, in, in laundromats in the state. There's groups that, uh, that there's, a, there's a group that has uh, passed a law allowing cuz there's no income tax and there's no sales tax in New Hampshire but there is a business proceed tax and so they got a law passed that allows you to, to donate part of your business proceeds tax to an education scholarship fund where you get an education tax credit of up to 9000 bucks to you know to send your kid to the to the school you want to send them to instead of the Government Indoctrination Center, and it could even be used in, 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 for homeschooling as well. Uh, and so they've, got, they've elected over 45 members of the state legislature. It's actually larger than that because some uh, Free State Project members run for the House or the Senate as Republicans or as Democrats, and they don't identify themselves as FSP members in a kind of reverse Fabian Socialism. And so the so Fabian socialism their their mod their their thing was a wolf in sheep's clothing. And so in, the, in New Hampshire, you've got uh, sheep dogs in wolves' clothing. You know, you've got sheepdogs pretending to be politicians to get themselves like elected, and then doing sheepdog things. And so, it's a really, really interesting dynamic that's going on in New Hampshire, where they're slowly and surely, uh, you know, uh, rolling back government, and that is going to be the first state to kick out government completely and secede from the United States. You just watch. Remember where you heard it first. And so, uh, so I think that uh, that you know that that if you want to free the United States, the best thing to do is free one state, and the uh, the easiest state to free is New Hampshire because you've already got an army of 6,200 uh, people on the ground that have already proven themselves effective and have already got the ball rolling. And so I try and encourage people uh, that are sick of the communism of California or New York or Massachusetts or, or Illinois or any of these other just absolutely horrific uh, you know, uh, uh, anti-freedom states. Vote with your feet. Uh, go to New Hampshire, jump on uh, this thing, and let's take over the state and uh, create a laboratory of liberty where we can prove to the world that you don't need government. And so I think that that's where it's going to happen first. I think New Hampshire is going to be it uh, because of this organization called the Free State Project.
0: That sounds like a place that I want to move to <laughs> for sure. So uh, I won't keep you for too much longer, but explain to us about created legends and stuff like that, because I've tried explaining to a lot of people how you have people like Anderson Cooper probably the best example that they're on the news and they're using all like the NLP techniques on you to kind of hack your subconscious and things like that. And well, most people, I guess, because they're TV watchers, it's like that meme. You remember that meme that said, um, you can't talk to TV watchers cause you're talking to the TV and the TV can't hear you. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that, you
1: know? So I, wh- I think what you're talking about is in the, in the newest edition of my book, uh, Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, we've got a brand new fifth edition. And one of the one-pagers that I did was on created legends, uh, monopoly media, and crisis actors. And so if you want to understand how that they control perception in the United States, you've really got to understand crisis actors, created legends, and mockingbird media. And so what, the example that I gave in the book is, is Barack Obama. And what a lot of people don't realize is that Barack Obama's uh, grandfather uh, was, apparently worked for the CIA, was flying uh, you know, his family all around the world. His, Obama's mom uh, went to uh, uh, private schools in Europe that were associated with the intelligence agencies. She worked for intelligence agency associated nonprofits like the Ford Foundation. Her boss at the Ford Foundation was Timothy Geithner's father. Timothy Geithner was the Treasury Secretary and the head of the New York Federal Reserve Bank. Um uh she had one of her bosses was outed as a known CIA, and I forget that gentleman's name, but it's all in the book and everything is, you know, that I'm saying is referenced. Uh, Obama went to you know one of even though he's allegedly middle class he went to one of the most expensive uh, and hardest to get into schools in Hawaii uh, where the sons and daughters and like I think it's like associated with like a number like like over a couple dozen admirals and high ranking military you know people and and other government officials went to uh, Punahou School I think is the name of it I think I might be mispronouncing the the name. Um, he was given a full ride scholarship at, uh, at Pepperdine, I believe. He was given. Uh, uh, he was made the president of the Harvard Law Review without writing a single letter for the Harvard Law Review. So, in a created legend, what you're going to do is they're going to give certain people awards. Uh, like the Nobel Peace Prize, which, which Obama didn't deserve as president, or you know, make you the president of the Harvard Law Review to create the legend so that you can be installed as a politician, a House of Representatives member, a, a senator, or, a con- uh, or even the president of the United States. And so... You know, uh, he was uh, in addition to being made president of the Harvard Law Review without writing a single article. He was also the subject of, of you know, of uh, articles by Vanity Fair and New York Times. Before he was even out of school, uh, he was given a, a book contract. Uh, to write a book about uh, himself, uh, he was given an office at the, I think the University of Chicago. Uh, you know, to, to write the book and a in a, in a, in a stipend and a fellowship there. He was uh, his first job out of college was at a known CIA front company called Business International Corporation, and Business International was used to provide uh, CIA spooks with cover stories that they are a international journalist. And so, if you're in a foreign country and you know, they're asking you, hey, what are you doing here? Well, you just hand them this Business International newsletter that has your byline on it uh, with an article that maybe you wrote or maybe you didn't write. And you go, I'm an international journalist. I write for Business International Corporation. So, so he worked for a known CIA front organization right out of college. Uh, He supposedly went to Columbia University uh, and got a degree there, even though uh, nobody at Columbia, Fox News actually contacted 400 classmates. Nobody remembers seeing him there, knowing them there. His name never appeared on any rosters, class lists, phone lists, or anything like that from the time. Uh, You know, I could go on and on. um, And he went to give, he went on to famously. You know, sign off on operation. I think it was called Timber Sycamore, the largest CIA uh, operation uh, in modern history. He famously told, is reported, to have told Leon Panetta that the CIA would get everything that they want in Afghanistan. And so, you know, uh, uh, this is this is that's what a created legend is, um, a crisis actor. Is, uh, is someone that will appear after an event like 9-11 or the Oklahoma City bombing or the Boston Marathon bombing. They'll be interviewed on the scene to, number one, make sure that uh, nobody that was a real witness says anything, and then they'll give kind of scripted answers that, you know, that transmit whatever the lie of the day is. And so, you know, I use an example of Leanna Wynn, who was uh, both a crisis actor for a hoax event for police state measures called the Boston Marathon Bombing. And by the way, everything that we talk about in the book, we back up with a 64 gigabyte credit card size flash drive that we call the Liberator. And so on this flash drive, we've got a documentary called the Boston Marathon Unbombing that will break down... You know how they how they how they staged a uh, a large scale disaster exercise and made it look like a real like a real bomb had gone off to be able to impose police state measures. So at that time they were rolling out uh, they were in the process of rolling out um, armored vehicles. In thousands of little tiny U.S. towns and cities and things like that, and so they needed a reason why that. Well, why? Well, why are? How come all these towns and cities are now buying Bearcats and armored vehicles and 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 having you know ex-military equipment given to them? Oh, well, we've got to do that because we've got people setting off pipe bombs at at marathons and things like that, and so so it was a it was a contrived event uh, to roll out these armored vehicles. Um, but, uh, so Leanna Wynn, not only was she a crisis actor in that operation, but she was a crisis actor during the COVID that was interviewed on every single television show in America, almost every single news show, every single, whatever, uh, talking about the, you know, the, uh, scam of the COVID as if it was a real pandemic and promoting vaccines. And, and, uh, and so she is the example that we give of, uh, of, um, of a of a crisis actor and then finally for mockingbird media we break down you know so that so the so the operation to control the media that came out in the church committee hearings in 1976 widely to be known as operation mockingbird and and the idea or the speculation is is that if you control the head ends of the media if you control the wire services If you control the news networks like CNN and MSNBC, if you control the newspapers of record like the New York Times and the Washington Post, then most of the regional newspapers and local newspapers, they just mockingbird what the big boys say. And then most people, they'll just mockingbird whatever they heard about on the news. And so the example that I break down in in this one pager in in government, the biggest scam in history, is on 9-11, a lot of people don't realize, but three skyscrapers fell that day. Everybody remembers World Trade Center 1 and World Trade Center 2, but not a lot of people know that a third skyscraper came down that day. And the, and that skyscraper was uh, de- was a World Trade Center Seven, the Solomon Brothers building. It fell at five twenty in the afternoon on September eleventh, two thousand and one, and it fell, displaying all the hallmarks of a controlled opoli- uh, uh, controlled demolition. It had squibs popping out the side. It had a perfectly symmetrical collapse. It had a free fall collapse, where the building is. Is falling at free fall speeds. So the top of the building is falling at the same rate as if you dropped a bowling ball or a baseball off the top of it, and so it's violating the laws of physics in that it's collapsing through the path of greatest resistance, which is absolutely possibly impossible unless it's a controlled demolition. And in a controlled demolition, you're using. Uh, explosives to remove in a patterned way, simultaneously all of the underlying support columns in the building, and that's essentially the only only way that you get a symmetrical collapse or that you get a a uh, you know a free fall collapse through the path of greatest resistance. And so, since they knew they were going to be doing that, they were going to be blowing up a building, a 47 story modern steel frame skyscraper that would have been the biggest building in like 29, 30 states in the United States. They had to have an, uh, they had to have an explanation for why it fell. So at five o'clock on September 11th, 20 minutes before it actually fell, the BBC, Fox News and CNN all began reporting that the building had collapsed and explaining to their audiences, how and why it collapsed, because it had been weakened by fires. In the case of the BBC, their reporter, her name was Jane Stanley, and you can go and still see this on YouTube and you know the video sharing platforms today, she's actually doing a live shot from New York where she's explaining how and why the building fell with the building still visible in the skyline of the city behind her. So she's explaining that the building fell with the building still visible right behind her. Now, right before it falls, the BBC mysteriously loses their connection to their reporter in New York. Otherwise, it would have collapsed as she was talking, but they realized what was going on and they cut the feed from New York before it went out live. But... Most people, okay, that don't understand what's really going on, they're going to listen to the CNN or the BBC or the Fox News uh, report, and they're going to go, "Hey, why did, why did a, why did a third skyscraper collapse yesterday in New York?" And you're, and they're just going to mockingbird whatever they heard on the television, not realizing that it's and physically impossible. That it doesn't make any sense. That you know that buildings don't just collapse completely and symmetrically into their footprint at freefall speed, defying the laws of physics and 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 displaying all the hallmarks of a controlled demolition: visible squibs, uh, heat pools that were still hot. You could literally, uh, you know, molten metal that was still molten weeks after the event. You know, uh, they're not going to, you're not going to hear any of that from the Mockingbird media. You're going to hear these excuses and manufactured reasons for things that don't even make any sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could say so much about that. Um, what do you, what do you think about Tucker Carlson? You think he's another one of those CIA people?
1: Uh, Yeah. So he's a suspect. I got asked about that on a different uh, interview the other day. And kind of what I said is, uh, you know, um, uh, rat poison is 99% good food. Otherwise, the rats won't consume it. And so, uh, you know, a gatekeeper is somebody that will tell you everything that's already out there. To a certain degree, and then they don't go any further. So they're going to they're going to gatekeep you right here, and so Tucker Carlson kind of talks about everything that everybody already knows about, and like what's going on in the news of the day from kind of a conservative perspective to be able, uh, because people like to hear what they what they, what reinforces their own internal political biases, and so for the conservative faithful you know, he's saying what they want to hear without telling them that the government's illegitimate, that the media is controlled by the intelligence agencies. He's not telling you the playbook. He's not, you know, he's using statism. So if you take a look at his, his, uh, you know, his set, he's got the capital of the United States, the Vatican. I mean, the Vatican, I mean, it looks like the Vatican for a reason. He's got the American flag. He's not going to tell you that government is illegitimate on its face while he's using the kind of dog whistle of statism to lead his uh, audience that has been programmed by the schools and by the media to believe that they're Americans, not human beings, uh, Republicans and you know conservatives, etc. He's going to lead them around by the nose without, taking, without telling them the important pieces that the whole thing's illegitimate, that the elections are rigged, that the government is in on it. And so, uh, so that's kind of what I think about Tucker Carlson. Right. And I got time for like one more and then I apologize. I've got to hop off to oh, uh, Yeah, to that's,
0: that's fine. I mean, we see examples of the same kind of programming with Alex Jones and things like that. He's doing the same thing. He's using all the the colors and tapping into religion and tapping into, you know, people's, beliefs about statism and things like that. And it's just, it's insane. Anyways, you've done a fantastic body of work. We'll have to talk about the rest of this stuff again some other time. I don't want to make you late for your next appointment. So tell everybody where they can find you.
1: So I'm uh, so you can get the book uh, Government the Biggest Scam in History exposed and our liberator flash drive that backs everything up and has is full of documentaries that are disappearing off the internet, short videos, important books on PDF, uh, truth music from the hottest uh, artists in the liberty movement at government-scam.com so government-scam.com uh, you can subscribe to our weekly summary of the best of the alternative news on five meme Friday, where we also put out five really funny, uh, you know, uh Liberty oriented memes at a minimum. A lot of times we might have 10 or more uh, funny memes in there at, uh, ArtOfLiberty.org forward slash subscribe. And you can find our, uh, our expose on, uh, Anarchopolco and The Anarchist, plus all of our important writings at (laughs) At artofliberty.substack.com.
0: Etienne, thanks for being on the Boundless Authenticity Podcast.
1: Thank you for doing what you do because it's authentic voices. Uh, It's a thousand flowers blooming. So we're all in this together and we're all going to win it together. So thanks for what you do for Liberty as well. I appreciate that.
0: You're listening to the Boundless Authenticity Podcast, where we discuss everything related to the evolution of human consciousness.
1: At the very least, people need to understand that the United States builds bunkers, which are basically cities underground, every three months.
0: Basically, when you dream, you tap into your subconscious. It is your nocturnal
1: intuition, your creativity and imagination, unchained from conscious reason, ego and logic. They're biologically alive, but they have no soul. They all be conscious of the brain and together the We live in a multidimensional
0: reality. Whether it comes through esoteric information in the spiritual realms or the UFO people, experiencers, or mainstream through quantum physics and through mainstream science now realizing
1: that parallel dimensions probably exist. We're all spiritual beings. We're all having these human experiences. We've heard that phrase over and over and over. But what does that really mean? You know, all of the questions of life, we have these answers inside of our soul. We're ultimately studying the nature of what it is to be human good and evil, our psychology, how we think, and our health. That's why I love Bruce Lee's great quote, all knowledge is ultimately self-knowledge. The Boundless Authenticity Podcast.